0: Hey there friends, thanks for clicking the button and being here with us today. Uh, We want to let you know there are lots of things that are happening at Christ Community Church all the time, Mm -hmm. ongoing things, new events, groups, those kind of things, head over to our website. You can click the coming up page or you can explore some groups and find ways to get connected. Uh, Also like and subscribe. Uh, We would love to have more of our content coming into your feed, so make sure to do that. And we hope you enjoyed today's message. Hello, Christ community. Glad that you're here. I'm really glad to be here. I uh, got the stomach flu yesterday about noon, and uh, I'm just glad to be upright, honestly, right now. So praise God uh, that I'm here um, with you. Welcome to those in person and then also those who are watching online. Uh, we're so glad that you're here. We are right in the middle of an eight-week journey where we are learning about how we can grow in our experience of intimacy with Jesus. God doesn't simply want a relationship with us. He wants us to experience him in the depths of our being, in those places of vulnerability and of fear and shame. And that's what intimacy ultimately is all about, right? Being known. No walls, no hiding, just our real selves in the presence of a real God. And so in this journey, we are learning about and actually engaging in five core spiritual practices that can enable us to grow in this experience of intimacy with Jesus. In addition to the content each week, we are also providing three exercises that enable you to practice what we're learning about together. So if you do the three exercises every week, you're building into your life these core spiritual practices. The exercises can be found in the link um, provided. Copies are also available in the info area. And if you want a resource that contains more detailed content as well as the exercises, we encourage you to get a copy of my book, The Intimate God. You can purchase a copy at the cafe or on Amazon. Okay, so in the, so far in this journey, in the, the first practice we learned about is the practice of stillness creating space in our lives to be free from distraction and noise so that we can tune into our own hearts and then welcome the presence of Jesus into that place. We then added to that practice the practice of prayer. This past week, we learned about how to use the Lord's prayer as a template for our prayer life. And then the exercises enabled us to practice this. Well, today, we're going to be learning about a core, a third core spiritual practice that fits really well with these first two practices. They, they together form what I, I'm calling a powerful spiritual trifecta uh, upon which Christians for centuries have built an intimate relationship with Jesus. So this third practice is the practice of engaging in scripture. Now, look, I realize that for many of us, the idea of engaging in the Bible, engaging in scripture is not a new concept. Most any discussion about spiritual growth or spiritual practices includes this idea of spending time in the Bible. But I want to take a moment uh, just for some brutal honesty. I mean, even though we know we're supposed to engage in the Bible, many of us struggle to actually do this. And one of the primary reasons we struggle is because, because quite honestly, the Bible is not an easy book to connect with. The Bible is a complex library of books, 66 books, written over several centuries in cultures that are far removed from ours. It contains many passages that are hard to understand, including some archaic laws about things like oxen and blood sacrifices and certain fabrics in clothing. Plus, there are some episodes of violence that are troubling to us in our culture today. So in light of that, why are we to give this book such an elevated position in our spiritual journey as Christians? Now, here's the simple answer to that question. It's because Jesus did. It's because Jesus did. Jesus had an incredibly high view of Scripture, of his of, of of his Bible, which was our is our Old Testament. Jesus taught from it. He memorized it. He quoted it. He viewed it as the authoritative Word of God. He practiced it. He valued it. He leaned on it in times of difficulty. Jesus loved the Scriptures, and he relied upon them. See, this is such an important truth for us to grasp because sometimes we may find ourselves losing our motivation to engage in the Bible because of this disconnect that we feel with certain difficult passages. We may even start to have doubts about our faith because we can't understand something that's in the Bible. But here's the deal. Ultimately, this is really important. Ultimately, our faith is in the person of Jesus not in our ability to understand every passage in the Bible. And this takes the pressure off. We can still love and engage in the Bible as God's inspired word without feeling the need to explain or defend every part of it. So when we look at how Jesus viewed the Bible, we discover a game-changing answer to this question of why we are to engage in Scripture. From Jesus' perspective, the Bible has a very specific purpose that he explains in a conversation he had with two disciples. After his resurrection, he appeared to these two disciples. They didn't recognize who he was. They were walking to the, uh, to the, the village of Emmaus. And they had this conversation about what was going on um, with Jesus. It was Easter morning and all all that stuff. Uh, You know, the, the the, the tomb was empty and all that. So they have these questions. They don't know what's going on. And so here's what happened in Luke 24, verse 27. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Now notice what Jesus is saying. Everything in the Old Testament ultimately points to him. He is the point, which means that the ultimate reason we engage in Scripture is because when we do so, we get to know Jesus better. It helps us experience a deepening intimacy with him. In other words, our engagement with Scripture is intended to be a relational experience, not just an informational experience. It's intended to be a relational experience. In other words, if our engagement in Scripture is not fueling in us a deeper love for Jesus, we're missing the point. We're missing something. We're missing the point. So check out what Jesus once said to the Pharisees. Remember the Pharisees were the you know the guys who knew the Bible backwards and forwards. They spent hours thinking about scripture. They were talking about it. They were teaching scripture, all of that. These were the experts, which makes Jesus' words to them even more astounding. Check out what he says in John 5. You, you guys, you Pharisees, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I mean, ouch, I mean, that had to hurt. Jesus is saying that in all their diligent study of scripture, memorizing and teaching, all their diligent study of scripture, they missed the point of scripture. Jesus, Jesus is the point of every scripture. And so we don't want to make the same mistake where in our engagement in the Bible, we miss the point. Of the Bible. I mean, who cares, honestly? Who cares if I know what the seals and bowls in the book of Revelation represent? If my heart is not growing in the worship of Jesus? Who cares if I know all about the culture and customs of the Good Samaritan? If I'm not compassionately loving people like Jesus does? See, when when we suddenly realize that Jesus is the point of scripture, it creates an environment in our hearts for something amazing to happen. Look Look at what the two disciples on the road to Emmaus said after Jesus had explained the scriptures and pointed it to him and all that stuff. This is what they said. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Isn't that what all of us want to encounter, to encounter Jesus in the Scriptures in such a way that our, our hearts burn within us, that our love for Him grows, our intimacy with Him deepens. So how does this happen? How does it happen in lives? How do we engage the Bible in such a way that this experience of these two disciples on the way to uh, Emmaus? That that is like our experience where the scriptures are open to us and they they come alive in our hearts and our minds. Well, it's by utilizing a centuries-old spiritual practice known as scripture meditation. One of the most vivid pictures of the power of meditating on scripture is found in Psalm 1. So I'd love for you to read this passage out loud with me. Okay, here we go. Let's read it out loud. prosperous not so the wicked they're like chaff that the wind blows away so in this psalm we see this vivid contrast between someone whose life is like chaff it's just blowing in the wind there's no stability there's no fruitfulness it's just you know it's just chaff it's just blowing in the wind compare that to a person whose life is like a tree planted by a stream of water. So this tree is continually getting nourishment. It is stable. It is thriving no matter what's going on. It's bearing fruit even in times of drought and difficulty. So vivid picture. What is it, according to the psalmist, what is it that makes the difference between these two very different experiences of life? Psalmist tells us right here. Blessed is the person who delights in God's word and meditates on it day and night. This word meditate, fascinating word. It's the Hebrew word "hagah," which means to ponder, to muse, to imagine, to reflect upon, to let ruminate, or or for anyone who likes to grill, to marinate. Okay, that's what it means. Meditating on scripture is the difference between sprinkling some seasoning on a a steak, you know, while it's cooking or letting that steak marinate for hours in soy sauce and ginger before placing it on the grill. When a steak is allowed to marinate in these seasonings, the flavor becomes an inseparable part of the meat. You can't just scrape the topping off. No, it, it becomes a part of the meat. It permeates every part of the meat. To meditate on scripture is like that. It's allowing room for the word to permeate our being, to settle into our soul so that Jesus becomes more real to us, more alive in us. This, look, meditation is not speed reading. Just quickly reading the Bible for the sake of reading it, that doesn't have the impact these verses are describing. To, you know, to to quickly read a passage in the Bible so that we can check the box off for that day. Oh, I read the scripture. You know, to do that, that's like like trying to go scuba diving in a speedboat on full throttle, right? (laughs) Yeah, you're in the ocean, but you're missing the wonder of what's under the surface as you're skimming along at high speeds. If you want to go scuba diving, you have to slow down. You have to stop. See, scripture meditation involves slowing down in a passage so that we can begin to explore the wonder that is below the surface in such a way that it actually begins transforming us. We we, we probe the depths of how amazing Jesus is. Isn't it interesting how in John chapter 1, John describes Jesus as being the word of God, right? The word became flesh. There's something about being in the physical word, the Bible. There's something about being in the Bible that enables us to be in Jesus, to experience a deepening level of intimacy with him. So thinking about Psalm 1 in our own lives, what would it be like if God's word permeated our being? How, how, How would our perspective and our lives be different? Psalm 1 again describes the difference. It's the difference between living in rootedness and thriving no matter what's going on in the world or in our own lives versus just being blown here and there by the prevailing ideas and breezes of our culture. In the midst of all the media and cultural influences all around us, imagine the impact in your life, in my life, as we intentionally create space for our minds and our hearts to marinate in God's word, pointing us to Jesus, perhaps our heart will be stirred by a deepening love for him. Maybe he speaks wisdom into a situation that you're facing. Or or maybe he encourages you to press on in the midst of difficulty. Maybe he uses his word to remind you of how much he loves you or or, or some promise that he's given you. He may want to speak comfort to a place of pain in your heart or gently point out an area in your life where you're not living in alignment with his heart for you. See, the the more that Jesus permeates our lives, the more thriving and wholeness we experience. Scripture meditation is what enables this to happen in our lives, to be like this tree that's planted by a stream of water. So no matter what's going on in in the world or around us, we are rooted. We're being nourished. Our roots are being nourished and are drawing from this stream of of life. Okay, so let's get really practical. How do we do this thing called scripture meditation? Any of us here can do it. How do we do it? In the exercises, the three exercises for this week's content, you're going to be engaging in this practice So let me just share a couple of um, things that I have found helpful in my own experience of scripture meditation. And we're trying to practice what Psalm 1 is describing. So first, it's really important for us to carve out a regular time for this in your life rhythm. Just like we talked about with stillness and prayer, this won't happen automatically. We have to create space in our lives for this. And we want space where we truly can slow down and focus. And so it's undistracted space to be in the word. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the good news is this this practice of scripture meditation, it fits really well with the the other two practices we've learned. It fits really well with stillness and the practice of, of prayer. Because what happens is once we've experienced stillness, and in prayer, our hearts are then open to engage in a passage of scripture, letting the Lord speak to us in this passage. And so for me personally, these three practices combined, they become my quiet time. This is my quiet time. This is my devotional experience with Jesus. And so this week, in the three exercises, you're gonna be you're gonna be experiencing all three of these things together: stillness, prayer in scripture. And my goal in the way this journey has, was, was built, is it's designed, is that the exercises, they're put together so that by the end of the journey, you're already doing the things. You're, you, and you're, they're building on each other. So you're already doing these things and they're built into the rhythm of your life. Okay. So it's just create a time for this. <clears throat> Second practical suggestion I would have is to have a Bible reading plan. Now, I personally find it really helpful to have a Bible reading plan in place so that when I set aside this time, I don't have to try and figure out what passage to read that, that day. I mean, the Bible is a really big book and that can be kind of overwhelming. Okay, I'm, I'm ready to read the Bible and it's like, where do I start? You know, it can kind of be overwhelming um, and it can be a barrier, I think, sometimes for us jumping into a passage. And so I encourage people to have a Bible reading plan. There are a number of great plans out there um, based on particular books, topics, or time available, the U version, Y O U version Bible app is a great app, free app. It's a great place to explore a variety of plants. Now, the plan I've used for years is, is called the One Year Bible. And the, the One Year Bible is divided up into 365 daily readings. Each day's reading has a portion of the Old Testament. A portion of the New Testament, a portion of the Psalms, and, of a psalm, and then a portion of a, a, a proverb. And it's designed to take you through the Bible in a year if you read the entire amount every day. But that's not how I utilize it. I'm not, on, I'm not trying to get through the Bible in a year. I just go at my own pace. I read as far as I want and then stop. And then the next devotional time I, that I spend with the Lord, I simply pick up where I left off. Sometimes I, I spend a few days in, a, in, in one passage. Again, I'm not in a hurry to get through a book or passage. Well, whatever plan you use, I would encourage you to choose one that enables you to go at your own pace so that you don't feel like, oh, it's, you know, it's February 11th and I missed the 9th, and so now I either got to skip scriptures to stay on you know, task or whatever. We don't want to be driven by an external thing like that where we then feel hurried. We want to be able to slow down. The key is to find a, find a plan that works for you and that allows you to open your heart to Scripture. Now, some of you may use a devotional resource, which provides a Bible passage for you and then someone explaining that passage or, you know, whatever, applying it or whatever. If you're using a resource like that, I would just encourage you to make sure you take some time to meditate on the passage that's provided rather than just reading the passage and then jumping immediately to the person's explanation of the passage. Because sometimes what happens when we jump immediately from the passage to what someone else thinks about the passage, we're we're missing, an opportunity to let that scripture speak to us before hearing what it spoke to someone else, where we're missing an opportunity for it to permeate our own heart and to speak to us. Because again, the goal of scripture meditation is for God to speak directly to us from a passage of scripture. Having a Bible reading plan can help provide a pathway for us to consistently engage in scripture over time. So for the rest of this journey, in the exercises, I'll be providing a scripture for you to meditate on. Um, and by, uh, but at the end of the journey, you're going to have to kind of figure that out for yourself. And we'll, we'll talk about the importance of finding a Bible reading plan that works for you. Okay. A third thing that's been helpful for me is to understand where the passage fits in the larger story. You have to you have to do this when you're looking at scripture because again, it was written over multiple centuries, multiple cultures. And so it's really important whenever we read a passage of scripture, it's really helpful to know where this passage fits in the larger story of Jesus' redemptive work. So was this passage written before Jesus or after? That's a big deal. Anything written before Jesus, i.e. the Old Testament, is pointing towards Jesus in a longing sort of way. He hasn't come to earth yet. But we need him and everything's kind of a mess, right? And so it's helpful. It shapes how we read the Old Testament. No wonder there's so many weird things happening there, right? Humanity is kind of a mess. And anything written in the New Testament is after Jesus has come. We are now living in the reality of his death and resurrection, Another thing to be aware of as we interact with the Bible is that the kind of literature we're reading I mentioned before it's the the Bible is a library it's not one book it is a library some of those books are actually poetry you read poetry differently than you would read a newspaper right so we need to know the genre that we're reading, be aware of that. Is it, is it poetry, like the Psalms? Okay, that helps us understand how to interact with the Psalms. Is this passage narrative? Is it describing how events are playing out, like in the book of Luke or Acts? Or sometimes the Bible will just be describing the story of something, and we're like, how in the world could that happen? It's not offering any commentary, it's just telling us a story of maybe something horrible that some person did. But it's not giving us a commentary on, it. it's just a narrative. Is this passage a letter? Some of the books in the New Testament are letters from one person to another, like Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. And in our study of 1 Corinthians, which will resume next month, we took a break from it, we're learning how important it is to understand the cultural context uh, you know, in which Paul was writing. The, the only way to really apply and learn from and, and be impacted by that is to make sure we're understanding the cultural context of the passages that was written. And that just helps. Um, this is especially important. I alluded to this earlier, but it's especially important when we're reading the Old Testament and we come across some passage in the Old Testament that's deeply disturbing in terms of violence or purity laws or something like And we're just, we're reading this and it's disturbing to us. When I come across passages like that, I find it so helpful To remind myself, this was not written to a 21st century civilization. It was not written to us. It was written to a group of people in a significantly different culture than ours. See, we need to be very careful that we don't project our 21st century values onto an event that happened 3,000 years ago in a Middle Eastern context. So it's really helpful to always keep in mind where the passage you're reading fits into the larger story of Jesus and his redemptive work. Because remember, Jesus is the point of scripture. Everything in scripture points to him. So as we're reading We're always looking for how this passage points to him. It may be simply that, man, humanity is a mess and needs a savior. You know, that that point in the Old Testament, that points to Jesus, even though it's a horrible passage that we happen to be reading. I mean, something awful is happening there. It's pointing to Jesus. So in your exercises for this week, I've chosen a different genre of scripture in each one so that you can see kind of how this works. Okay, now the fourth practical suggestion is actually the most important one. I've, I've mentioned it throughout, but I'm gonna let's hone in on it. And that is to read slowly and prayerfully. This, this is the secret sauce that enables the word to transform us. Remember the marinating analogy. Scripture meditation is, it's, it's marinating, right? Scripture meditation, again, it's not a speedboat. It's scuba diving. It's reading slowly and prayerfully, giving room for the Spirit to speak to us from God's word. So when I'm engaging in this practice, I simply start reading wherever I left off the previous devotional time, and I begin reading slowly, asking the Holy Spirit to speak to me. And as you're reading slowly, all you do is just pay attention to any words or phrases or verses that stand out to you. It sort of shimmers And when something shimmers, just settle right there. Don't move on. Just stay there. Read it again. Chew on it. Ask God, what what are you saying to me? This seems to be highlighted. You seem to be highlighting this. So what what, what is being stirred in me? What are you saying to me? As I mentioned earlier, there, there are any number of things the Spirit might want to say to us from the Scripture that we're reading. But the question is, are we slowing down in the text and allowing room for the Spirit to speak to us. So uh, let's take a moment. I want us to practice this right now. We're going to put on the screen a passage that's pretty familiar to a number of people. Many people saw a passage from Psalm 23. We'll put that on the screen. And and before you, I want you to, what we're going to do here for just a moment, I want you to slowly and quietly, we're just going to do it quietly, read these verses on the screen a few times. And as you do that, I want you just to, even if this is familiar, pay attention to any words Any thoughts that just kind of shimmer in your soul? Is there a word that stands out? Is there a phrase? What might God be saying to you right now in this? Okay, so we're not going to rush this. Let's just slowly read the passage a few times. Okay, here we go. So we're slowing down, right? In the passage, the Lord is my shepherd. Maybe some of you were like, he's my shepherd. Or the Lord is my shepherd. He guides me. Or maybe the Lord leads me beside quiet waters. What is that? You know, those kinds of things. It might be just a word that suddenly we're not in a hurry and suddenly something stands out and it's exactly what we need. Now, the reason that I chose a familiar passage like Psalm 23 is because I wanted to see how slowing down in a passage, even a familiar passage, a passage that we've read dozens of times before, it, it actually enables our hearts to hear things that we wouldn't have heard otherwise. If we're like, oh, I know Psalm 23, is my shepherd? You know, we've memorized it, whatever. Sometimes that's a, that becomes a hindrance because, oh, I know it. Well, no, we don't know it in the sense of what God might want to be saying to us from that passage in that moment. Another thing you can do as you're slowing down on a passage is to picture in your mind what the passage is describing. It's hard to read the verses we just read um, in Psalm 23 without instinctively picturing in our minds a green pasture, right? Or still waters. And as as we discuss in week one, using our imagination helps engage the right side of our brain so that we experience the truth more deeply. So what if, for example, as you're reading about Jesus calming the storm, you read that, you're reading that passage, what if you slowed down as you're reading it and you placed yourself in that story? What if you allowed yourself to feel the boat swaying back and forth, wondering how you're gonna survive? What, what thoughts arise as you see Jesus sleeping? What emotions do you feel when Jesus stands up and he says to the storm, be still and everything is quiet. Do do, do you see how when we intentionally slow down in a passage of scripture, it enables room for the Holy Spirit to help us experience Jesus more deeply. Again, I love that image of those two disciples walking with Jesus to Emmaus. No hurry. They're just letting Jesus speak to them from their word. I mean, it seems to me that hurry is the biggest enemy of scripture meditation. I mean, pouring some seasoning on a steak takes a few seconds, but marinating takes time. So let's slow down in whatever passage we're engaging in and open our hearts to Jesus in that place. Now, look, this doesn't mean that every time we meditate on scripture, every time we spend time in the Word, we're going to get something amazing from God. Um, Someday something will shimmer. And God will speak to your heart in a really cool way. Other days, nothing will really stand out. That's okay. That's okay. Sometimes what we need is just to rest in a passage. This is not a sprint. This is a journey. This is a marathon. This is a journey. But what an incredible journey it can be. To the believer in Jesus, the scriptures are not just another document. They are alive with the presence of God. As we meditate on these scriptures, Jesus can become more alive in us. So imagine the impact in your life over days and weeks and months and years as you regularly open your heart and your mind to God's word, allowing him to speak to you and to reveal himself to you and to sow seeds of life and truth in your heart. This is how we build intimacy with Jesus. This is how. These three practices are incredibly powerful, spiritual trifecta. In stillness, we slow down and connect with our heart. In prayer, we relationally connect with God's heart. And in scripture meditation, we allow the roots of our soul to go deeper into who Jesus is. So I'm, I'm excited for us to do these exercises this week and to wade into this incredibly powerful combination. All right, why don't we stand? If you're able to stand, let's stand. Like we like to, we like to do after a message, we like to pray a simple prayer, come Holy Spirit. And then we're just going to be waiting. We're going to be waiting in quiet. It's kind of a practice of stillness a little bit. And we're going to be waiting and we are tuning our hearts. We're opening our hearts and our minds to the Holy Spirit, whatever he is saying to us, whatever he wants to do in us. So let's close our eyes. To Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come. We've heard this message, but now we welcome you to come. We open our hearts afresh to you. What do you want to say to us? What do you want to do in us? Come, Holy Spirit. God, it's so amazing when we think about it, we take it for granted, but to have your word as a resource that we can meditate on and draw life from, that you can speak to us from your word. Thank you for that. And I thank you, Lord, for this image of a tree whose roots are going down deeper and deeper, drawing nourishment from the stream. God, we wanna be people like that. I thank you for every person here, every person watching this, Lord. I think of the young people here, just think of the years ahead of them to spend time in your word and to draw nourishment, Lord, for all of us to draw nourishment from your word in the midst of a world that is, There's so much information continually bombarding us. And it's so easy for us to just be blown here and there by ideas and things. Lord, we wanna be rooted in your word and we wanna see Jesus in your word. So I, I, I just bless every person here, Lord. Blessed is the one who delights in the word and meditates. God, we just receive blessing and all that you want to do in us through your word. Bless every person's engagement in your word and that we would see Jesus in it and experience you in it. So no matter what's going on in our lives, we are Fruitful, thriving, or stable because of our engagement in your word through meditation. Thank you, God. So, we want to continue to worship, respond to the Lord. And so, I want to invite you at any point as we're worshiping, if you feel like There's something God is doing in you or wanting to do in you. um, And you'd love someone to pray, pray into that just alongside of you in that. Just come up. You can come up for a few minutes and then go back to your seat or whatever. But this is ministry space. We have a full prayer team tonight. They would love to come alongside you and just they'll just bless what God's doing. And then if they sense anything in their own heart, like a prophetic word sort of, if they sense that, they'll just share that with you and pray into that. You can test and weigh that. But this is ministry space to worship and to receive. God, stir in us, Holy Spirit, stir in us a hunger for you and open us to all that you want to do. So we love you, God. We welcome you here, Lord. Continue to minister in this place. Thank you. So friends, wherever you are coming out of this message, we just want you to know that you do not have to journey alone. Mm -hmm. We have a chat button on our website at the very bottom. You can click that and there's someone on the other side that would love to chat with you, to pray with you, to get you connected however you need to be. Um, We just want you to know you do not have to walk alone and we would love and be honored to walk alongside of you. Uh, We hope you have a great rest of your week. Bye.